Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You guys are all encompassing. Mackey and Judd. You can listen to this for a little bit of pop culture, a little Correct. bit of uh, what's hip in the city. On 1500 ESPN. Walking into the scores! And this place goes nuts! Buffalo fires with two scores! Here's Tanner. Knocked it down, scores! In front, Cop almost buried it. Buffalo does! Bullseye! And the route is on! Well, I thought we were rattled. I mean, we couldn't handle the puck very well. We weren't making our passes in the first 10 minutes and uh, looked like we were nervous out there. And they obviously took advantage of that. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, and then they took advantage of it again, obviously. and then again, and then again, and then five times. Yeah. In, in a must-win game in which you got run out of the building. You know, the Judbot's been awfully silent the last week or so on this show. I was disappointed by that. Has actually. anyone had communication with the Judbot at all? I spoke to Judbot uh, Sunday. Okay. And Did simply he... he just said, told you so. Yeah. That was it? I mean, he did predict nope. everything that was going to happen. He told you long before the series began it would be Jets and five. He's ripped the team up and down. He didn't feel the need to really do anything more than that. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on the offseason activities at the very least. Oh, I imagine so. What does hmm. he do now? What does Judbot go on to now? Uh, I mean, Judbot's in your head, so whatever you're thinking about, I, Judbot can say. He doesn't, talk, he doesn't talk to me. He doesn't need to. Well, he he, doesn't doesn't he never to. talks to me. He corresponds he with you. you. He, he reads your mind cor- and then corresponds with me. Corresponds with Dave Harrigan. It's like that dude that was on 60 Minutes with the like the uh, the Google mind reading sort of helmet thing. Did you guys see this? That's Judbot and Judd. Where you put a little device that kind of wraps I around your ear, on Twitter, yeah. and you basically think up the thing that you want to Google, and then this thing pulls it from your mind and delivers an answer. <laughs> but it, deliver, it delivers an answer to you, like through oh, some mind. sort of Morse code, and then you, yeah, it was crazy. If that's nobody case, gets to know what you're Googling, I don't know how that part of it works. I'm not that smart. If that's the case, my mind is a very dark place. <laughs> I didn't want to <laughs> Google that, Google. <laughs> Stop it. Oh man. So. All right, here we are again after six years early playoff exit. Mm-hmm. You've got. I'm, I'm just going to give you a couple things to set this up regarding Chuck Fletcher's future. And Chuck Fletcher is a. You could either call him a free agent general manager or a guy who has a contract expiring that won't be renewed. However, you want to frame it. Eric Stahl going to be 34 years old next year. Ryan Suter going to be 34 years old next year. Koivu's going to be 35. Parisi's going to be 34. Uh, Matt Collin is already 41 years old yeah, and I think probably won't be coming back. Might be time for Matt to do something else. Your roster, Devin Dubnik, going to be 32 years old. Your roster is increasingly aging, banged up, 
your two best players coming off major injuries. Mm-hmm. One of them, Suter, might not even be ready for the first game of the season next year. You got Parisi with a no move clause. Eric Stahl has at least a, a partial no trade. no trade clause. He can be moved. Uh, Ryan Suter, no move clause. Jared Spurgeon has a partial in there. It's and, not exactly an easy makeover well, for Chuck Fletcher or anybody else if you wanted to. And don't forget the, the decision of all decisions, which was made last September when you signed Miko Koivu, who had an expiring contract to a two-year extension, which begins in the coming season and has a no-move clause as well. And, and he remains your third highest paid player basically through the duration. And it makes no contract. it makes no sense. Or fourth highest, yeah. Which makes no sense. So Chuck Fletcher got hired in, the, in May of 2009. Uh, so he's been here for nine years, I believe... Approximately three years into his tenure, Leopold and Fletcher made the move to sign the huge uh, free agent contracts with with Suter and Parisi. As I gave you the stats from uh, the Chip Scoggins column in Sunday Star Tribune, since 2012, this team has made the playoffs every year. That's six years. They've made eight playoff appearances, and in that time, they, they have 15 wins. And the significance about that is they have 15 total playoff wins in that time. It takes 16 to win a Stanley Cup, which by this point in time, I think truthfully... We all thought that the Wild, if they hadn't won a cup, would have made at least a run to a cup. For sure. They For have not, sure a they Western have, Conference Finals. Yeah, and they have not gotten to, as you just said, the Western Conference Finals. So at some point soon, perhaps today, uh, Leopold and Fletcher are going to sit down and discuss the GM's future. And if he's brought back, by the way, he's being brought back, I would guess, on a multi-year extension. So he's not. it's not like, well, Chuck, come back next year now. His contract's up. So you're either going to sign him to an extension that would be approximately three to five years and or say, Chuck, thank you very much, but you're done. I sat down yesterday and began to write the the compelling case to either bring him back or not. And I think what he's going to try and sell Leopold on, what Chuck is, is, is Boudreaux has two years left on his current contract. Boudreaux has not been a problem. He's done a good job. He he was he was the third, technically fourth coach, I believe now, since Chuck got hired as GM to coach this team. But Boudreaux's going to come back. If you make a GM change, that might get a little bit dicey. A little bit. He's Chuck is also going to point to the fact that he does have some decent young players who are either coming up or came up, including Greenway and Cunning, who are nice young players. All right. Those were two things. That was essentially all I could think of for a compelling case for him to tell Craig I should come back. If well, does he not? I mean, I guess on the list of pros, the list goes deeper than that because unless you're talking about like maybe you're separating saying, things that that he would he would yes. in a room he would say, well, look, we've we've built a team that goes to the playoffs every year. Um, we I, I'm I'm aggressive mo- more seasons than not in terms of free agent signings and trades to improve rosters. Maybe wasn't aggressive enough this last time around, but in previous years have been very aggressive, almost to the point of being too aggressive and costing right. draft Which, picks and, and things now you're like hurt, that. Hurting yourself by stating that case a little bit—that's part of the problem here. So I'm giving you—I'm giving you the two compelling cases that that he could make that Craig would probably have to say. Those are two good points, Chuck. Now the problem is if you go through the exploration of things that Craig's going to have to tell Chuck that he is going to have to do. And, and Chuck strikes me as a guy who brought up a bunch of, of young players five years back now, essentially, combined them with Parisi and Suter and said, this should work for a long time. And it has gotten to them to the playoffs, but it has not worked as far as playoff success. You are going to need to at least explore. And I'm not saying that all of these players are going to or have to be traded, but their market value has to be explored. 
Coyle, Nino, Zucker, Granlund, and certainly Stahl. Stahl should be traded. At his age, coming off a season in which he scored 42 goals. I agree with that. He has a list of teams to which he can be traded. If I'm the Wild before Eric leaves, I say, Eric, give me your list. And I start calling those teams to potentially make a trade. He has to realize, and I think he's struggling with this, that when it comes to the first four names I read off, these are no longer young players with great potential. These guys have had their opportunity in the playoffs multiple times now to to make a significant difference, and they have not. Well, let me add to that. They've had their chance in the regular season sure. as well. And they're and, and really like their numbers outside of Zucker's last two years compared to his playoff output the last two years. I mean, you're correct in saying, well, Charlie Coyle, like, wake up in the postseason, where are you? And I would say, wake up in the regular season, where are you? Where like, what are you doing? Yep. Where's your productivity? And Nino is it's like me, he's like an eighteen goal scorer, and it, we went over this last week. So um it's not that you're wrong on the playoff stuff, it's just that they're most of those guys' playoff performances are mirroring their very pedestrian regular season performances mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a fact. Uh when when it comes to Parisian Suter, the realization with at least Zach, if not both, is this. You sign them with the intention of them being the two focal points on a team that could win a cup. What you have to understand now, and this is tough because they're getting paid a lot of dough for a long time, is that for the most part, I assess them to be to still have the ability to contribute to a team that can win, but they're passengers now. They're not focal points. They're not stars. Suter is, is going to be coming off an injury where at, at his age it could set him back big time. Mm-hmm. So I think to to go into training camp next year and say, okay, this is year seven and you guys are the guys would be a huge mistake. They have the potential to be passengers and be contributors. I'm not saying they're awful players, but what they came here, what they set out to do on July 4th, 2012 has now passed. That's gone. Yeah. That's gone. If you're Chuck, you have to answer, and I realize this trade was made as a salary cap dump. The Scandella trade, though, is god-awful. You got back two guys from Buffalo, one of whom in Ennis almost certainly has to be bought out. One in Foligno plays really hard when he decides to play hard, but that trade, you gave a serviceable defenseman away. You You didn't make a trade that got me something back. If I own the team... I got nothing in that trade. If he's even uh, to go back to stall, the wilds, the wild in some cases, their loyalty to guys like Koivu drives me crazy. If I hear anything about stall coming back and he's going into the, the last year of his contract and anything about, well, he played pretty well. I think we could extend him for a couple of years. You're fired immediately. <laughs> Um, this summer you will give out zero, no trade and no move clauses. Unless something, unless we stumble into the greatest free agent signing of all time, we're done there. Because I keep getting stuck in a league where the salary cap doesn't consistently go up in a reliable manner. You keep sticking me with guys that I can't turn around and trade, or if I can, it's difficult. Even all of that being said, Phil, if Leopold decides, in my heart of hearts, I really like Chuck, I think he's good, I think he can be the guy, here's the sticking point. I think the fa- I think your fan base is done, and that doesn't mean, do mean they're they're going to sell the arena. I understand that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, you do have you do have to read things correctly at some point in time, 
And I think if you get up there and issue or issue a press release saying that we've signed Chuck to a, a three-year extension, I think the pushback is going to be incredibly harsh. Totally, not, totally I'm, disagree. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying you would have to face the reality that your fan base You've led them down a path for a long time, and you haven't even gotten them past the second round. But I, I, we should continue this discussion. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. I disagree. I would, I would frame the question in a certain way regards to Chuck Fletcher, but I disagree with what you just said. And if you guys have thoughts, Wild fans, what should they do? How, how would you look at this chessboard and move pieces around? Knowing where they're at, 651-646-8255, Wild Vent Line, when we come back here. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for a second here. Uh, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. I really appreciate the job they've done over the past five or six years since they opened up this brand new location of just catering to the customer experience. I mean, if we're being honest, the old Toyota City, which is where I used to go when I first got my driver's license down the road before they built the new stadium, so to speak, uh, their waiting room was like... Four rickety chairs and a vending machine and a box TV, and even they would laugh at it, you know, in retrospect now. And now the Luther Lounge allows you, if you're, you know, maybe you're coming home from work, you got some things to accomplish, emails to check, whatever it is, or you just want to watch a baseball game. They've got six workstations with cable TVs. They've got uh, much more comfortable chairs and a much more sprawled out area and two 70-inch flat screen TVs as well with coffee and tea and snacks and a play area for the kids. So go check it out, the Luther Lounge, and find out why the customer experience is the number one priority on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. We're ready. Are you? The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready, master control? Ready, switch on. This is 1500 ESPN. Well, I thought we were rattled. I mean, we couldn't handle the puck very well. We weren't making our passes in the first 10 minutes, and uh, looked like we were nervous out there, and they obviously took advantage of that. Yes, I would, I would agree. In fact, they look like they've never played on the road ever in the playoffs. It was like, oh, my God, it's loud. Oh, the fans <laughs> this, are all dressed in white. This crowd's oh. freaking me out. I think I'll give oh up three God. goals. Which is another conversation we should get into. But uh, what would you do with Chuck Fletcher? And so two things off of off of what you were saying last segment. Number one, I think you have to ask yourself, does somebody else need to look at this chessboard? Does somebody, this is a chessboard that the pieces are where they are because Chuck Fletcher has put them where they are. Uh, you know, he was he was responsible for overseeing six consecutive playoff runs, but now there's a bunch of no-move clauses, a bunch of aging players, a bunch of guys who are like between the ages of 25 and 28 who are not top echelon guys. Like, how do you how do you move these pieces around in a way that, you know, puts the wild in a in a place where they can go deeper, and 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 I and I could sit here and argue both sides for Fletcher. I think we tend to overreact when a team hits a plateau. And we're going to fire everyone. We're going to fire a coach, fire a GM because team hit a playoff plateau. And it's one of my biggest pet peeves. And usually, when you fire that coach or that GM because you got to take the next step and get away from the plateau, the answer is well, you were just destined to plateau because of the way that you built your team. And sometimes you're just not going to win a championship. And like, there's that argument to be made. I think I would rather have someone take a look at the chessboard. I I would say, hey, it, it's not even really a failure, Chuck Fletcher. You, it's six playoff seasons. Uh, we need someone else to take a look at this board. On the notion that fans would be furious if they decided to keep Chuck Fletcher, I call BS on those fans who are still going to pay tickets to sell out that arena 41 times next year. They're still going to buy 
five beers at the concession stands every time they go to a game. Like, fans might voice their displeasure, but fans are going to pack the arena. There's not going to be any punishment in terms of Craig Leopold having his, you know, his his checking account emptied because of... Now, you could argue that going deep in the playoffs is what really fills his checking account, and so that's another reason why oh, absolutely. you'd want to bring yeah. in somebody else. But, like, you can't let fans make an important decision for you because you might be afraid of how they're going to react. If you feel like Chuck Fletcher, despite the fact that they've hit a plateau is still smart enough to make the moves that need to be made then like okay I think like just cuz fans yeah. might be mad you can't you can't let that factor into your decision I agree except for uh, for this there is a compelling case I think to to change things now and so if if Chuck had done a great job and you had been to to the Western Conference finals a few times and it hadn't paid off with a cup yet I'd say Phil you're absolutely right but it hasn't and there's a definite plateau here when it takes 16 wins to win a Stanley Cup, and in the course of the time since you signed those two guys to huge contracts, you're at 15 wins, mm-hmm. you've plateaued. Uh, now, now no, let, we don't disagree now, on that. Now, like, now we let agree me, there's a plateau. Now, That's not the now, argument. Let me caution caution you on this, because for the most part, I'm inclined to agree with what you're saying about the fans coming out and, and buying their tickets and buying their third jerseys, which they'll do, and buying sodas and beers. They signed Parisi and Suter specifically because there was a lull in things and fans got bored and all of a sudden season tickets were available for the first time ever. Uh, I think at some point you're going to get to fans being fans being bored en- enough where where they have shown that they will start to drop off. And that doesn't mean the passionate diehards. But the rest of the people that fill that place, if you keep going to, to the first round and this keeps up, this cycle... You are very soon, I think, going to get back to the place where you were when you didn't qualify for the playoffs, which is fans are like, I've seen this before. So you can't say with absolute certainty that that wouldn't occur again. But I can say with absolute certainty, if you let fans dictate front office moves and signings and draft picks, like I was I was trying to find this video during the break and I couldn't find it. But I saw a video surface this weekend of the 2014 NFL draft where Cleveland Browns fans were jumping all over over themselves with elation when they drafted Johnny Manziel late in the first round. Oh my God, the savior. Like the the Browns won the, the draft PR race. Well, we all know how that turns out. So if I, I, I can say with a hundred percent certainty, if you're playing to the fans, if you're gonna fire a GM because you think largely like that's what the fans want, then you're doing it wrong. If you think it's the best strategic move, because Chuck Fletcher is out of moves on this chessboard, and you don't think he's the guy that can take these pieces and move them around in a, to a point yes. where you have the advantage on the chessboard. Yep. That's the reason why you would bring in a new GM. And I've got I've got two sides of notes here for a compelling case to bring him back or not. And what I'm telling you is the fans thing is in a long list of re- reasons why I think it's probably time for a change. If that was number one, then it's wrong. If number one was, well, we played really well and I really like our team and Chuck's done a really good job, but yeah. I'm going to f- to fire him because we have not been to a cup final, then I would say, no, keep him. My gut says you can't, like of all the players you listed, okay, well, there's a bunch of guys with no move clauses. So who are the ones that, if you're going to shake this thing up, and, and it's not just like one trade, it's probably, if you really want to shake this thing up and bring in a new personality and bring in some new blood, you're probably going to have to, to get rid of like two or three 
whether it's a whether it's Spurgeon and then two forwards. It's that young core, yeah. And, and I think so. Court. Dumba's twenty three. I'm not trading Dumba. No, no, Dumba's no. twenty three. Didn't even bring him He's up. He's off the list. Yep. Yep. Spurgeon's twenty eight. Spurgeon's very good, but Spurgeon's twenty eight. You, in terms of who you could get the most for, Stahl and Spurgeon, you could get quite a bit for in a trade. Mm-hmm. You could get quite a bit for Grandland. Mm-hmm. Maybe probably more for more for Zucker than Nina right now. And Coyle, not much. I don't know about Coyle. Like you're not going to get a lot for Coyle, but I would I would certainly look to move him in a package of some kind. But my gut says keep Dumba, keep Grandland, and then keep either Zucker or Nino, whichever one you think is going to be the best for the next two or three years. And then I agree with you on Stall. It's been an awesome run, but like you got to cash in on his. He's it's not going to be this player. Like, it's you a great cash time in on the value to. to trade him. Uh, the Grandland one, though, intrigues me because of this. I think with his with his abilities, he gets you quite a bit back. And if you look at Grandland, aside from the one great playoff uh, goal he scored against the Avs in, what, now 2014 was that? Aside from that one goal, Grandland doesn't give, give you a lot in, in the playoffs. If I was going to sit down with this roster and start to deconstruct what I could from it, my question would be this. Who on this roster is a playoff player? Who is a who is a a guy that I can go into the springtime and say to myself, I have the ultimate confidence in this guy. Coyle should be that guy. He's not close. But I mean why I would be tempted to to shop a ton of this roster is I see a a productive, not great, but productive regular season roster. But when I get to the spring and things tighten up and get tough. I say, you know what? If I can make deals, if I can start to make deals to position myself to be a good playoff team in years to come, there's almost nobody that I'm not exploring trading who I can trade. As long as you're not, as long as you're not overreacting to, if you're going to make a trade for a guy that's good in the postseason but but is not good in the regular season, if you're overreacting to to five games here and six games there. Um, I mean, like you and I agree with for the most part. I think the only guy that you and I would disagree on is Jason Zucker. I'm not. Jason Zucker's been a different player the last two years. Now he hasn't pr- produced in the playoffs the last two years either. But he's only played like ten playoff games. I'm not going to write a guy off. And you're gonna and you're gonna lump in like all five years of playoffs. I think he's been a different player the last two years. And so I'm actually going to ignore his playoff performances before 2017. And say I want a thirty goal scorer who's in his mid twenties on this. He's roster. restricted though, so he, he's not going to be cheap. How many? But you need goal scorers. I understand like, that. How many but guys on this roster this are is, goal scorers? If you're going to trade Stall, but this but this is why when it comes to a player like that, I'm at least shopping him. I'm not going to trade this entire group of players. Almost, I don't think I, I am. But I'm going to explore the possibilities of taking the most valuable of these guys, Granlund, Zucker. I think for sure. And saying, what can I get back? What could I get back? Because I don't think this roster is currently constructed is going to ever get you past the second round. I mean, and then obviously, like, what are you going to get back? Are you going to get a first round pick and sure. a mediocre and veteran? Become, and like, that what, becomes you know, the important. Like, what's yes. your goal? That becomes the important question. And, and, I agree with you. And as long as Parisi and Sick, if they if those guys come back, you're not going to be bad enough. Like, you're always going to be kind of in contention for a playoff spot with mm-hmm. those guys on your team. So. If that's the case, as long as those guys are on the roster, if you're not going to bottom out, then you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. So you're really you're just trying to swap. It's a little bit like what the Pacers did in the NBA. So all right, well, Paul George, all right, we're going to say goodbye to Paul George and get Victor Oladipo and yep. Arvidas Sabonis's kid in here. And now they're 
every bit as good, if not better, than they were last year. But that's a pretty rare deal where you're gonna you're gonna take from a playoff team, trade pieces, mm-hmm. and then get pieces back that can help you also get back to the playoffs and maybe be better. Like that's a really really w- hard thing. Like you have to be a wizard as a GM to make. I that would happen. be willing to take a step back though. If it would cost if it cost me a playoff spot for a year or two to ultimately come out of of where things stand right now, I'd do that. I'd do that because you can keep going to to the playoffs and people can keep saying, well, once you get there, if Dubnik gets hot, but how many times have we been down this road by now? We've been down it a lot. So if I made a trade right now, and let's say I traded two of these guys and, and I took a step back and Ryan and Zach got mad, I'd say, guys, sorry. Yeah, you had your chance. And we did too. And you know what? We won 15 playoff games total and two series. It's not enough. And none of it's going to be their fault in their minds. I feel no, like, they've, like they've, they've thrown everyone under the bus. But I, and- but I think that if if you came to me today and said, they're going to make a GM change, the new GM is going to come in and, and make some significant roster moves, and you're going to go two years with, without a playoff berth, but when it comes out, it's going to be better at, in year three, I would make that move. Yeah. Dave, what kind of stuff do you have for us when we come back? Well, those are two delightfully uplifting segments. Thank you for that. Those are the ones that Judd crafted. Oh. Okay, I crafted uplifting wolves positivity. I was that in he on tried the wolves. to drag down. Just trying to trade guys there too. That's all you do. By the way, here's the poll. Dave put a poll up here. All right. What should the Wild do with Chuck Fletcher? Contract extension. Fire him. Fire Fletcher and hire Judd. Sixty-eight uh, percent just want him fired. Sixteen percent split two ways here. Want a contract extension or for Judd to be the GM. So maybe your wish will come true here, Judd. That's a lot of pressure. Then you though, can get all get the it. grit that you want and all the Robert Ory postseason legends I'd make some that you want. Significant trades, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys would be leaving. <laughs> a lot of guys would be leaving town. I'd have to tell a lot of families. Sorry. You know how consternated Judd is when it comes to local sports when he takes the glasses off four or five times in the middle of a stern put down of mm-hmm. Chuck Fletcher. Um, what is next in stuff here, Dave? <laughs> uh, a lot of things, including Bryant Gumble doing his best to put Derek Jeter into a box. Boom. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's the weirdest thing I've ever had the misfortune to see. <laughs> Mackey and Judd. Yeah, I, I'd say it's top five. On 1500 ESPN. Stuff you should know about is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. Mackie and Judd Show, give me a go, no go for stuff you should know about. Hosts, go. Producer, we're go. Technical, go. Music, go. Volume, go. The actual stuff, we are go. Control, we are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should know about. We are go for launch. Dave Harrigan, are you a go? Always a go. All right. I gotta go. I, I gotta go. What? Pat. There's like 12 minutes left in the segment, Pat. No, I mean, I gotta go. Oh, well, I guess we'll go to commercial then. No matter what you say on that side of the glass, there can always be a segue in stuff. And I will segue off of that. I gotta go. You guys familiar with James Hinchcliffe, IndyCar driver? I've heard the name. All right. they about, were That's about the extent of it. They were trying to race in Alabama yesterday. It didn't go so well as rain moved in. They were stuck in red flag situation. Then they went out on the track for another couple minutes and had to go back and sit in the pits for a while. They eventually ended up postponing until today. Well, 
When in those situations, you know, you could you could be told you got to go out on the track at any time. So if you're a driver, you can't always leave the car. Isn't that right, James Hinchcliffe? What's going on today? Well, let me, let me tell you something, Kev. I, I always maintained that I knew at some point in my career would happen. And there's a great story from Toronto in 2014 when poor, poor Carlos Munoz was sitting in the car begging to be let out. We were under red flag conditions, same kind of deal. And he finally said, guys, I'm sorry, I can't hold it. And they said, you can't get out. He pees in the seat. Not 30 seconds later, race control comes over the radio and says, all right, driver's out, we're, we're done. Well, I was sitting there during that first red, and I was begging to get just three minutes. That's all you need. Three minutes, wheel off to wheel on. And when we got going again, I was my legs were shaking. I had to go so oh. bad. I'm like, I can't drive a race car like this. So under oh. caution, it took me a full lap. It was one of, one of the least comfortable experiences of my entire life. But I can officially say I've joined the likes of Will Power and Dario Franchitti and other greats that have peed themselves in their suit. So you're <laughs> wow. talking to a man that just wet himself. Amazing. What's, <laughs> do you guys have memories of the, like, the most uncomfortable you've ever been, either number one or number two, trying to hold it off? You guys have panic moments in your life like that. Oh sure, I've got a, I've got like a top five list. <laughs> so you actually recall them? Oh, I, I just remember the feeling, but I don't remember the exact circumstances. I'm exactly with you. I know what the feeling is, but I can't place my surroundings. Phil, so what's your only... yeah? So you want so a couple your quick, one? quick ones here? Just okay. So, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, in any particular order, the first time I ever felt that way, having to uh, to go number one onesie, okay, was. It was fifth grade. We had a very stern teacher. His name was Mr. Carlson at Hanover Elementary School, who I appreciate his sternness now. In the moment, while we were as a class. Tibbs-like? Very Tibbs-like. Okay. Yes. Had the mustache. Go, go! Uh, So we were on some kind of a class timeout where we were being naughty as a class. Time out! Time out! And so we had to sit there, I believe, in silence for like a full hour. But it was after lunch, and I had to go to the bathroom before the punishment. And I just remember... Raising my hand halfway through, saying, "Mr. Carlson, I have to go to the bathroom," and he goes, "You have to wait." Oh, oh wow. that would not fly today. No. no, it would not. No, it would not. No, it would, yeah. I had to go so wow. bad. Yep. I was physically hunched over as I walked down the hallway, waiting a half hour after that. Right, physically hunched over, could not stand up straight as I walked down the hallway to get to the bathroom. Hold a on. real man would have just gone in his class. pants. <laughs> Your class would have yep. applauded you. Yep. They no, would have been very no. proud of you. In, in fifth grade, if you pee your pants in class, then then you are forever that kid. Yeah. Like I still if you got remember Madison the girl that threw up in first grade. She was that kid. You really threw up in the class. And I then did they that came in, in. I did that in third grade, but I got to a hallway. At and least. then they came in with that terrible salt stuff that they put on yeah, puke that actually makes it smell yeah, worse than if you yeah. just. The other one was a number. The, the other like real you? top one was a number two. It was actually the night Francisco Liriano threw a no hitter in. Chicago, and a bunch oh, of us yeah. who covered the game. We were covering the game at uh, Comiskey, and we went to Mother Hubbard's Sports Bar downtown Chicago. Got some greasy wings, patty melt, tater tots, like all the and like three or four beers, like the things that you would put into your stomach if you were hoping for a time bomb. And I knew that my hotel was four blocks down the street, but I couldn't remember exactly four blocks which way. And the cell phone reception, I, for some reason, it was like a perfect storm of cell phone was dead and all these things, and so it was. Red alert panic time. Number two panic time. Not sure where the hotel is. And so I tap, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, you know, within two minutes of a huge problem here. And so I found a cab that was stopped at some intersection, but like pulled over and I tap on the window. He was napping. I woke this guy up and said, I need to get to blank hotel. He doesn't say a word. 
I sit down in the front seat actually, because which is like a no no in yeah, Canada. I sit down in the front seat. No, no, that's bad. And and he without saying a word, he puts the car in drive, drives forward, a half block, stops, and looks over at me. And I look up, and that was the hotel. Like I was within a half block, <laughs> but didn't know. We're talking sliding into home plate. Didn't you have 28 a bar? story, by the way. You got to wait in the elevator like for a right half hour. Like right in front of you that, that you could just all, it was two o'clock. They were all closing. Oh no, it was bar closed. Made I, it in time, but wow. it was like. I hope you gave the guy a nice tip. Yeah, I gave him. I gave him a twenty dollar bill. Good twenty dollar bill. Yeah. And you didn't have time to change if you'd I wanted to. So <laughs> I felt sad. That was part of it. Just take it. <laughs> take whatever I got in my wallet. Oh, that's the worst. All, All right. right. Let's get to Jeter and Bryant Gumbel. I believe this airs tomorrow, <laughs> HBO Real Sports. So, Derek, tanking? Tanking. What is not tanking? Tanking is not trying your hardest to win ball games every day. We're trying to win ball games every day. If you trade your best players in exchange for prospects, um, it's unlikely you're going to win more games in the immediate future. When you take the field, you have an opportunity to win each and every day. Each and every day. You never tell your team that they're expected to lose. Never. Not, now, so you can think. Now, now, I can't tell you how you think. Like, I see your mind. I see That's how you think. I don't think like that. That's your mind no, working like that. No, I get like that, that, but I, I guess not in so many ways. But words. you don't. But you don't get it. I do. You don't. We have two different minds. I can't wait to get you on the golf course, man. We got. I, I mean, I can't wait for this one. No, I mean. You're mentally weak. Uh, no, I, I just, I'm, I'm realistic. You really expect this team. I expect as this team to compete. To compete. To compete. To compete. Compete is one Every thing. Compete listen, is one listen, thing. Right, see, Watch my lips. Not compete. I, I see your, I, I, I see your lips. I see. I've been seeing them this whole interview. I see your lips moving constantly. You never tell your players that you are expected to lose. You don't do that. You should take that as a slap in the face. As a player, you should take that as a slap in the face. Do you expect them to contend? I do. I do. If I don't believe with the, in the players that we have on the field, who's going to believe in them? But as an executive, it looks like you're delusional if you believe otherwise. <laughs> well, call me delusional. Okay, I'm actually going to defend Jeter a little bit. He's He comes off... He His problem, he has no tact, and he's coming off like just off such a ass. super arrogant. He's so, a jackass. So yeah. I'm not defending that aspect, but why is it so hard to figure out what they're doing? They're 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 rebuilding like the Astros did a few years ago, and it remains to be seen if they're going to do it as well. And I think that's what he. I think that's what Gumble wanted Jeter to allude to, and instead he. Can but he, he I don't t- think he can. Like what is, I don't. If he were to come out and say honestly, we're trying to get really bad so that later on we can be really good. Like they, Mark Cuban did that and got fined a half million Jeter, dollars. Jeter just Might have been more than that. Every time he talks, he comes off as such a jerk. Now he does absolutely. every single time. But he's. It's very obvious what they're doing, and yeah. it's like people are trying to get him to say what they're doing it's like well we all right we didn't want a 300 million dollar albatross contract on our books until this guy is 38 years old we didn't want we didn't want like one foot in the winning bin and one foot we just want to get really bad so we can be really good in like five years now if they fail at that then he's gonna you know probably take a lot more heat i liked him as as a cool guy that that gave out gift baskets for years (laughs) that's when i like Derek jeter i don't like him now he's eminently unlikable Is Nat King Cole fans? Huge, yes. Big Nat King Cole guy? There's this tune called Non Dementicar, I believe is how you pronounce it. it. Sounds a little bit like this. Non Dementicar, although you travel far, my darling. You familiar with that one, Phil? Excuse me. 
Um, yeah, he he had a little like Spanish sort of flamenco phase at yeah. one point. You yeah. know who else has that? Oh boy. Swung on and drilled to deep oh right field. Yes. That ball's high. That is far. <laughs> no, it is no. gone. Giancarlo. Non de Medicar. That ball sure traveled far. Giancarlo. A two run blast. A Stantonian home run. And the Yankees take a 4 2 lead. <laughs> Play that again and notice he oh. he clearly had to pause to like make sure that he was getting the lyrics right, right? He clearly was searching for the home run notes. Swung on and drilled to deep right field. That ball's high. That is far. It is gone. Pause. John Carlo. Pause. Non de Medicar. That ball sure traveled far. <laughs> John Carlo. It's on a post-it note, I bet. <laughs> I bet he's got it in his scorebook. Oh, sure. Oh, that's yep. okay. That's that is so egregiously bad, it's great. <laughs> I Dude, love I, it. He keeps pushing the bar. Keeps pushing the bar. <gasps> for him. Rubio confidence in his handle. Finds Mitchell in the corner. You bet. On a three. And Rubio comes over to see it. Rubio off one leg. One up. Blocked by Rubio. Wow, what defense. That's just part of the triple-double he put up against the Thunder the other night. Jazz now up 2-1 in that series. Game four tonight. Hey, uh, Russ, Rubio's having some success, huh? Uh, Russell, Rubio got hot, especially, I think, from mid-range. I think he started 5-for-5. Five five. Just What allowed him to get so hot there? Uh, he made some shots, uh, you know, too comfortable. Uh, but I'm going to shut that <laughs> off next game, though. <laughs> Guarantee that. You saw that quote? You didn't see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. That did was not. a great quote. <laughs> I'm going to shut down. that. <laughs> uh, it shouldn't be that hard to shut Rubio down as a shooter, right? Like, he still has the old man jumper. It's more accurate now than it was in Minnesota. But Love that quote. Who, and then there last week we had uh, the, the, the dude from Milwaukee saying he didn't know who Terry Rozier was. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, the guy who's been destroying you? We've yeah, had some good you, quotes so far on the I NBA postseason. you know who that, that guy is. Yeah, he Since uh, his box score is filled with really good statistics. And, and you're, you're guarding him. Guard him. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Records are made to be broken. Somebody here in the press box thinks that 20 is the modern since we've really been keeping track. This is the 21st pitch of the at-bat to Belt. He swings and hits a fly ball right field. Calhoun coming in, and he'll make the catch. Wow. Everybody deserves an applause. Belt and the pitcher. 13-minute at-bat. Brandon oh. Belt and Jaime Beria yesterday. Giants and uh, Angels. And this pace of play problem is really just All right, Jed, how are you going to fix it? Classic at-bat, a waste of time. How are you going to fix it? You're going uh, you to no you have, you have to, to limit foul one. balls. You have to limit foul There's balls. There's no way to Soft fix this one. rules, one yeah. courtesy. Two, you get two foul balls, and then you're out. Is <laughs> that going to be funny yeah. all you want? I can't fix this one. Sorry. Maybe yeah. we just go to, th- yeah, three balls, two strike count. You get one courtesy foul ball, then you're actually, actually, every, every at-bat that exceeds eight pitches, you lose a trip to the mound. And then you're out of trips. I just I just sped the game up. Pitch number nine, you're out then. You're out one trip. Pitch number 10, you're out. Basically, Brandon Belts' bat would, would have then taken up all of the trips left to the mound for his team, and that would be it. Maybe once you get to eight pitches, you just do a shootout. I just fixed something I didn't even know I could <laughs> fix. Regular season, though. I just, oh, no, home run derby. Yeah, I home, ama- home run derby. I amaze myself. 
I just fixed something I didn't even know I could fix. There, I fixed it for you. You lose all your <laughs> trips. Unlike They're all anything gone. broken around your house. Lindsay Whalen in 15 minutes. Got problems. Phil Mackey. You know, talking about a good kid, it makes it easy to root for. He's a solid young man. I really like him a lot. Judd Zolgad. You know, uh-oh. That's a shame. <laughs> but... Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Want to run a race but uh, not train for it? Here's the race for you. The Medtronic TC1 Mile. Thursday, May 10th. Runners of all skill levels will run along the riverfront downtown Minneapolis for this fast and fun race. It ends with a post-race party complete with food trucks, cash bar, and a live DJ. Head to 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events for more details. Thank you, Dave. Uh, programming note, Lindsey Whalen at noon. Lindsey Whalen at noon. Uh, Mr. Fix-It segment later on today. Email from Neil here. People are down on Chuck Fletcher. The Wild remind me of the twins with Terry Ryan. Good old boys club. Leopold is right behind Glenn Taylor as a lousy owner. I don't know if i go that far. I mean, Leopold has... I think Leopold's actually been... I don't think he's I'm he's like the best owner in the NHL, but he's like... He's been he's allowed activity and he's loyal, but he's not lousy for sure. Here's my question: Does he meddle? I don't think so. I don't know. I think he hires people, and I I think he allows them to do their job. So I would not I would not term him is is he proactive about things, and does he live and die with every single game? Absolutely, but I don't think he's a guy that I don't think that he's a guy that consistently comes Mm -hmm. downstairs and says do this. Uh, email continues here from Neil. Fletcher has done so many bad things. Burns for Coyle, Scandella trade, Howla and Tuck gone, although I do understand what happened there. Uh, Koivu extension, can anybody say Phil Hughes? Erickson Eck, <laughs> jury cool. out. I mean, Erickson Eck played 70-plus games and had, like, was it two goals? One goal? I mean, like, he, was, yeah, he I, was a ghost. I still, I, I think he's fine, though. He didn't score a lot, but he actually played pretty well. Uh, let he trade, let Nashville trade for Johansson. That was early in Chuck Fletcher's tenure. On and on and on. So, yeah. uh, 651-646-8255. Dave. Hi, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hi, how are you guys? So well, I, I want to give a quiz to the hockey expert, Mr. Zolga, because you guys are so wrong. It's just unbelievable. Let's who, hear it. Who, who are the three other teams that came in basically the same time frame as the Wild into the league? Who are Atlanta. Th- yeah, Columbus. Columbus and Nashville. Uh huh. You, you know, you, you know, up until last year, you know how many times Nashville got to the second round? Do you know? I don't know off the top what? of my head, Dave. They you won tell me. One series. Do you okay. know how many? T- Atlanta made the playoffs twice. They got swept both times in 31 years mm-hmm. until this year with Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You know how many games Columbus has won in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Total, including the two this year. How many games? Uh, probably about four. Three. Okay. So I'd say the Wild have been pretty successful over that span compared to Winnipeg, Nashville, uh, and Columbus, wouldn't you say? Would but they plateaued, Dave. They plateaued. I'm not. I'm not looking. And, and I'm not looking for playoff berths. I'm looking for playoff Ryan success, Dave. He's going to be a passenger. Yes, he's and going to be a passenger. Comment. He's one of the 15 top defensemen in the league. Well, you and Ryan believe that, Dave, but it's not true. And he's going to be a passenger. Yes, he's going to be. And so, Zach. Oh, man, you're, you're saying, and you're going to trade Eric. If you're going to trade Eric Stahl, you trade him at the trade deadline if they're going nowhere. How are you going to replace Eric Stahl's 42 goals? I'm not looking. I'm not looking to replace. I'm not looking short term here, Dave. I'm looking long term. This oh didn't God, work. This didn't work. Acknowledge it didn't work, Dave. What, what are you going to get for Eric Stahl? What am I going to get for Eric Stahl? He's coming off a 42-game season. I'm going to get a part that I can build with instead of just getting to the playoffs and doing nothing. 
Dave, are you listening? No. I, okay, you need I to let you all the time, and you're a moron. Judge. You need you need to be quiet and listen to what I'm telling you. The plan of July Fourth, two thousand twelve, did not work. So let's consider what's going to be best for this team long term. You've won fifteen playoff games since those two star players arrived, and as I keep saying, that Scoggins pointed out in the Sunday Star Tribune, it takes sixteen to win a Stanley Cup. You've come nowhere near getting where you wanted to get that day. Oh my God. You've got to be in the playoffs to get to the Stanley Cup, don't you? How are you going to replace their J- Jason Zucker's third? Say you, you say Jason Zucker can't play in the playoffs? Do you remember last year they're losing 3-1 to one mm-hmm. in the series to, to St. Louis? They're down by a goal in the fifth game. Who scored the tying goal like in the past, last two minutes on a great play? Who, who scored the tying Zucker goal? Zucker did, and guess what? They got eliminated, Dave. Who scored the tying goal? Did it work, Dave? Where did, did it lead Zucker you? Scored the tying goal? Where, where did it lead you to? Your couch. Oh, my God. Mediocre is if Did mediocrity if mediocrity is God. what you want. Like I said, thank God Mackey's not a Twins general manager, and thank. <laughs> I wish you were still on the Minneapolis Tribune, so you'd have a fallback position, and you could write your column, and you could write a column on your low ratings. Have you guys ever won a quarter of an hour? But you got all the answers for everybody else. You guys suck. Do you work for Fox Sports North? <laughs> if you do, ding ding, reveal yourself right now. Uh, who did round one go to there, Dave Arrigan? How would you? Let's go to the judges' scorecards. I mean, I tell you what, there Upset was a lot of back Dave. and forth there. Wow! I thought I think, I think you got him though, Judd. I really think you uh, you kind of shut him up there, and he, you know, oh wow! I, I think you may have won that one. At one point, there was 15 seconds where both men were just barraging yes. each other with punches at the same time. Yes, it was just like haymakers. A, Nobody was like even a defending their faces. Yeah. Robots game. <laughs> it was just waiting for somebody's head to boom, pop. Boom, boom, that boom, was boom. a good old school hockey fight, boys. That's what that was. <laughs> haymakers being thrown. Benches were about to clear, and we weren't about to stop it either. Don't tell me a guy scored a goal in a series in which you were taken out in that same game, I believe. He scored the goal, Judd. Jason Zucker scored a big goal in Game 5. Well, that's great. You were eliminated in Game 5, were you not? Ryan Suter's a top 15 defenseman, and he shops at Quick Trip. He does shop at Quick Trip. And Ryan believes that. Hey, when you're looking for some chicken Caesar salad to bring home to your family, (laughs) even though you are a multimillionaire and don't ever have to stop for gas station food, Quick Trip is the place to go. Let alone dee, 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 dee. pump gas yourself. <laughs> I can't decide if we like, if we should open up for more. Fo- I think we should open up for more phone calls after that, and we can mix in some questions. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. We do suck.